recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 378. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, I have my co-host, Corey Romero. Corey, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Eric. Doing fantastic. Me too. We got some sunlight peeking through. I think the rain for the for at least this week is is almost over. We've got flooding in San Jose. We've got uh, uh, the 880 up in the mountains. The Tahoe is closed. We have just a lot yeah. of liquid going on. Yeah, fifty collapsed. Yeah, you know, part of fifty. <laughs> the issues all over. Yeah, that's right. And and you know what I I tell people is that hey, this is the rough, wild California we used to know and love, right? Where yeah, we get big true. storms coming through. It's good. Right. So on the show today, we're going to get right through it because we have a guest on the show today. Kevin Kiley is going to be on. He's a senior director of the EUC End User Computing Business North America. Uh, we're going to have him on the show and talk to him a little bit about what's happening at Mobile World Congress. So today's show is Mobile World Congress, and we'll get started with Kevin right away because we only have him for the first half an hour, and then we'll loop back and do some other things, the expert, some other news that's happening. So, Kevin, I believe you're on the line. Kevin, are you there? I am, and hello. Very glad to be here. Hey, welcome to the show. Have you ever been on the show before? Uh, Long-time listener, first-time participant. Ah, fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, Why don't we start by just uh, you giving us maybe the elevator pitch for the users that do listen to the show. We like to give everybody an explanation of who is on in case they run into you in VMworld. Um, Why don't you give us the two-minute elevator pitch? Who are you? What do you do at VMware? And how long have you been in the uh, data center ecosystem uh, business? Sure, sure. Well, again, uh, my name is Kevin Kiley. I'm Senior Director over our EUC Enterprise team here in North America. Uh, that means that I've got responsibility for about six regions as we define them across our enterprise, enterprise select, and global teams, uh, driving the EUC portfolio out to market. So it's really comprised of, of sort of two taxonomies of product. We've got our, our legacy VDI Horizon tool set, which has continued to uh, to, to grow and, uh, and really be best in class. And then, of course, uh, the VMware acquisition of AirWatch three years ago, um, and the AirWatch product suite, which has made up all of our, our mobile components and, and now growing into some of the areas around IoT and, and of course, uh, mobile and, and PC management. So we represent all of those products as we support our partners across the core teams in North America. Um, I came in as part of that AirWatch acquisition three years ago. So all in all, I've been around in this capacity for about six years uh, or in different roles slightly, um, but all the while supporting supporting our go-to-market effort here in North America across our largest and most important accounts. Well, all of us uh, in the uh, IT practitioner business would like to thank you for doing all the hard work you guys do out in the field, you know, getting people together and offering solutions up to our customers and then to ourselves if we are the customer. You know, it, it takes guys like you to, to actually bring the product to market and get us all engaged. So I appreciate that. Just a shout out to you guys for doing that. Um, we're talking about Mobile World Congress this week, um, and I know that you're not at Mobile World Congress, but I think you know what we're talking about there. Um, are you? What's what's what is Mobile World Congress? You know, it's MWC17 hashtag. Uh, we we know we go there. Why don't you give us a little bit of flavor of you know what is Mobile World Congress? Sure, sure, and I recognize that a lot of people probably aren't familiar with it, although it is one of the largest conferences, if not the biggest one, that I think we as a company may participate in. 
So Mobile World Congress is an annual event held in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, it is about a week long, kicks off this Sunday, and will run through the following Friday. Uh, it is a massive event, over 100,000 attendees and 2,200 exhibitors. Uh, that attendee base really comes from all over the world, very much an international event. Uh, they claim over 200 company, countries send people uh, as part of the, the attendance base there. So really, really big event that just sort of takes over the city of Barcelona for, for the, the week long that it's going on. Uh, obviously, it's mobile in nature, so this is an event that's, that's really evolved over the years, uh, originally starting off as sort of an industry show and still has a lot of focus, of course, on the carriers around the world, as well as a lot of the handset manufacturers. But it's really expanded and evolved into a lot of other very interesting sort of uh, uh, adjacent areas. So today you'll see a lot of focus on the Internet of Things and technologies that are being uh, developed there, a lot of great innovation, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, another big uh, sort of side part of the show, and just a general emphasis on, on innovation. So again, a yeah. big, big event, one that we put a lot of effort into. Um, I would tell you that the, the VMware presence this year is, is probably the biggest exhibit I've ever seen VMware do at a conference, uh, almost 2,000 square meters in size, so a massive pavilion uh, where we'll be meeting with our customers, our partners, we'll be hosting meals and uh, happy hours there. It really almost becomes like a full-functioning restaurant or conference center within the conference. It's a really, really exceptional event. And this is at uh, Barcelona, I guess, the huge conference center that's there. I know it's been there the last couple of years. That's where it is this year again, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Pura Gran Via, I believe, is the name of the venue. And uh, right. a, a big facility in its own right. Um, but uh, probably so, one of the few that is capable of hosting a, an event of this size. So you talk about legacy VDI, the, the VDI, and then the AirWatch. Just talk about we're just talk about. I have a couple questions on mobile, just in general, the strategy. I guess in the end, you know, desktop has gone mobile. Although we still sell a lot into the enterprise, where you know desktops aren't mobile. In, in you know, you're you're engaged in the field. How much of the business do we see going mobile versus how much is this just becoming the way we discuss desktops? Well, we really think that the the, the the two work streams there are, are converging. That you know, ultimately, we'll stop talking about this in in uh, the lens of desktop or mobile, and it really just becomes a screen. And, and is it a big screen that sits on your desk, or is it a smaller screen that may you know reside in your pocket that, on your phone? Uh, but our, our our goal, the thesis of all of that we're doing, uh, is really to sort of abstract you from having to worry about that, that you have a different experience when you're sitting at your computer versus the one that you might have on your tablet or your phone or even on your wristwatch uh, or your glasses. Again, we want to be able to sort of pull you back from all that so it doesn't matter. We're going to serve up the right capabilities, the right services. We'll do it in a way that's secure and very simple, and we can do that across really any, any type of device is, is the, the goal here. Right. So I, I guess I'll make you take your sales hat off for a second and say, all right, I know what that's, that strategy is. I know what our pitch is on that strategy. How much traction do you see in the enterprise shifting to this model uh, in the in, in Americas, I guess, because that's the region? Do you actually see enterprise starting to make that shift? I do. I do. And I'll do my best to, to, to be objective here uh, in describing the way that we see things happening. But But clearly, if you look at the performance of us as a BU, and, and I'll just point to the most recent public figures, 
you, you saw that we had a very strong Q4, and uh, we are still growing by, by double digits uh, across our product set, and we see that, that only accelerating. So all of our customers today are really looking at some of these fundamental questions. How do I take advantage of the fact that um, my employees want to be more connected, that they want to be able to do their jobs away from the office, wherever they may be, and that in most cases, they're bringing their own technology to bear. So BYOD has been a huge driver for us. All of yeah. a company's employees may be bringing in their own device. Why not allow them to be productive with it if we can make that experience the right one? That it's, again, it's secure, simple, it's effective for them to go in and do it. That's, that's really where we're going. So uh, getting back to your question, yes, we do see enterprise adopting this, and it's adopting at a very, very fast rate. The market itself is going through an exceptional amount of growth, depending on which analyst firm you talk to, Gartner, Forrester, IDC, they all point to a, a market that will continue to grow for many years to come. And the great story there for VMware is that we are the big fish in the market. We are easily the largest, uh, commanding the biggest piece of the market share today and, and, and continuing to take share from our competition. From like from like from like Citrix, or, you know, I, we're allowed to say that we're, all, we're we're on a podcast, right? So, I, I know that our portfolio has gotten big with the Horizon AirWatch acquisition we did three years ago, and got guys guys like you. We've definitely seen critical mass, and I would say a tipping point in our business with regard to being able to offer a full range of solution and then integrating it back into the data center. Uh, so, I think that I think you're right. I see that, uh, but for our IT practitioners, uh, most of us then are starting to experience the need to you know, provision mobile compute environments and Horizon 7 out last year starts enabling a lot of that and I, I think we have hit that tipping point. So uh, kudos to everybody at VMware that's working on that. Uh, I think that's a good solution. What's new at, um, at Mobile Congress? Are we going to be talking about anything in the EUC land? I know we've got Horizon Air. Some of that stuff is maturing now. What are we going to be talking about at Mobile World Congress this year? Yeah, big, big releases across the entire portfolio. So you mentioned Horizon Air, and of course, a lot of uh, evolution on, on that product set. Uh, really an exceptional uh, set of, of capabilities that we are bringing to market today. And of course, we've now expanded our partnership with a lot of our, 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 our partners on the product to further uh, uh, expand the growth and, and really make it even that much more attractive and ready for some of our large enterprise customers. So we'll be, we'll be highlighting some of those developments uh, at Mobile World Congress, uh, talking about the growth there. Uh, you also mentioned Horizon 7, which was uh, easily the biggest release we've had yet to date for the Horizon product set with a number of new capabilities, uh, uh, most important amongst them. Uh, I'll point to, to Skype for Business, uh, which was one that has been uh, something our customers have been asking for for, for quite a while now. Um, and as so many of our, our shared customers go out and, and go to Office 365 and are, are using the full gamut of, of Microsoft productivity capabilities, Skype has been an important request, and we're, we're proud to put that into the product set, as well as a number of other enhancements across the product's performance and efficiencies. Uh, so we'll be speaking to many of those. And then, of course, on uh, uh, the, the unifying theme of the whole EUC stack is really our Workspace ONE offering and continuing to make uh, advances there uh, as we see that being taken up by the market. We're now approaching our, our one-year birthday or anniversary uh, since launching Workspace ONE last February. 
And uh, in, in that time, we've again continued to expand its capabilities. We'll be talking about some new updates to the way that we're packaging the product as well as some, some changes to pricing that should, uh, again, make it just that much more attractive for our customers. That's excellent. That's excellent. So Skype for business, that, that peaks my ears a little bit. I know we're starting to move to Skype, starting to move off of uh, WebEx here in the IT space at VMware, and so it's starting to roll that out. What does Skype for business mean when, when, you, in, when you're talking about Horizon 7 or our, you know, our desktop products? What, what do you mean by supporting Skype for, for business? Yeah, well, you know, if you think about uh, virtual desktop, of course, uh, the, the, the simplest sort of explanation, of course, is that we've got uh, a remote session being delivered, right? Uh, that PC is actually running perhaps out of a data center, and uh, it's, it's just being surfaced up to me at a, at a remote terminal, whether that's a thin client, zero client, uh, or, again, even on, on another uh, PC. Um, the challenge with doing telephony, and in particular Skype for Business, which is the most widely adopted enterprise version of, of uh, any, any kind of telephony product today, is that uh, what that would, would conventionally mean is that I'm initiating the session on that remote user, running it back to the data center, then again trying to reconnect it out to whoever the person is on the other end of that line. Okay. And these are... These are services, of course, that, are, that really suffer from, from any kind of latency. It's got to be quick. It's got to be responsive or that, that audio, the video is all going to break down and get jumbled up. So I presented a number of, of pretty complex engineering challenges, and uh, it's, it's really a testament to the team behind the product that how quickly we were able to, uh, to deliver something to market with this. So um, we have worked through those challenges, uh, engineered a way to still deliver that session on a point-to-point -point basis, without sacrificing, again, any of the control or oversight that a customer would want uh, that, that might have been the reason for deploying Horizon in the beginning. So uh, all the efficiencies, all the security with uh, the performance that they would expect from a, a traditional or conventional client. I see. I see. So that, yeah, that we, we get into that a lot when we're doing live streaming video uh, where, you, where you just have to have those streams. You have that connection directly to the service into your desktop. Otherwise, if you start doing too many hops, yeah, everything starts to jumble up. So you guys have done some magic around that to make that perform and work well. Um, I know that Horizon 7 has a lot of GPU accessibility tricks that they do as well, where you can get access to a GPU. So if you're doing high-intensive graphics or you're using OpenGL or DirectX, um, you you have that ability to, to allocate out a GPU to a particular desktop, right? So I assume that some of that work goes on behind the scenes, and it's really connection broken work magic that happens that makes your desktop feel like a full desktop even though you're just running on a thin client. You got it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, again, we want to make sure that the end user is, is really oblivious to the fact that they're using a thin client uh, perhaps to, to access these capabilities. Uh, they don't need to know that it's, it's running out of that data center and, and that that may be affording their employer uh, a lot of cost savings or additional security capabilities because of it. They just want that experience to be right when they go to do their job. And so in some of the applications you mentioned, whether I'm, I'm using some kind of 3D imaging or I'm a, a, an architect, an engineer working on a massive project, I need to be able to go in and, and do my job and have that software function the way it's designed to. So we spend a lot of time and a lot of, a lot of uh, focus, as you might imagine, of course, making sure that that is everything that it's supposed to be. So, you know, there's, there's some of me that thinks 
why are we doing all this? Everybody, I get my Mac. I'm happy. I live in Silicon Valley where I'm just using my Mac all the time. But I guess what when you start talking about thousands of desktops in big enterprises, right, this becomes really a project of scaling and manageability of these payloads that are going out. And how do you get a get on top of managing, you know, massive amounts of corporate data that have to flow out to these desktops and fault tolerance to reprovisioning. Um, I, give me a sense of scaling of these solutions. Do you run into enterprises that are really scaling this out to thousands of clients? Absolutely. Tens of thousands. In fact, you know, of course, the, the, the economics just become more powerful when you really put scale behind it and we can really point to the, the, the cost savings and efficiencies you deliver when you're talking about tens of thousands of users. And even your example, I think, is, is a good one to, to, to look at. Uh, being in the Valley, uh, you want that, that MacBook Air, perhaps, as your, your day-to-day experience. Your employer may have critical applications that they need you to use for your job that they're not going to be able to port to Mac OS for any number of reasons. So maybe we need to deliver just one application. Maybe it's a series of apps and we want to deliver a Windows desktop. And, uh, and perhaps it's even an older version. So we've never ported the app forward from Windows XP or Windows 7. Being able to hit all those corner cases can be a very, very expensive proposition for an employer. And, uh, and again, it's something that can have a real impairment on your productivity. If we don't deliver that experience in the right way or you're forced to use a Windows machine and you don't want to, not only can it slow you down, it, it may be an experience that you don't like and that, that could hit the company when it comes to uh, tenure of employees or, or retainment of, of key employees. So right. it's that sort of diversity question that, that can be really important for us. Some users may need PCs, some may need Macs, some may want to access that critical application or get back to their desktop from a mobile device. Again, we want to be able to deliver any, 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 any application to any device under any use case. So that could be corporate-owned, BYOD, really giving the flexibility across all of those, and that includes both virtual and physical. So one of the things we haven't talked too much about yet uh, that will be another big theme at, uh, at Mobile World Congress, of course, is our push into PC management. I mentioned it at the top of, of the podcast. Um, Windows 10 really affords us a lot of great capabilities. We've partnered very closely on, with Microsoft on this as well, so that for a, uh, a user who's running a Windows 10 machine, we can now manage it much like a mobile device. And if you think about the way that PCs have been managed in the past, your employer might order one for you. It takes uh, a couple of weeks for the, the seller to ship it to you. After they image it, it arrives at your IT shop. They may image it, load on other capabilities. Uh, right. By the time it's traded, gone through all these hands and sat on three or four different benches, you've lost six weeks. There's a lot of overhead and expense associated with that. If we can deliver it to you right out of the box so that you can pick it up from your corner computer store, Best Buy, whatever it might be, and within a few seconds just log in and immediately have all of your capabilities coming down to you over the air, uh, provisioning that device, setting it up with the right applications, the right services, and we're doing it all behind the scenes. It's a really, really powerful value proposition for our customers and uh, and a great set of capabilities for end users. So Windows 10 and PC management are going to be another big theme for us and one that you'll continue to hear about as we go forward. Again, expanding that any, any story of being able to deliver the right set of capabilities to the right user on the device that's right for them. 
You know, I, I got to say that even the Surface, like you, you, you mentioned Microsoft again and Windows 10, and I just see the, sh- you know, the the shift back into, you know, desktop from Microsoft again, even with the Surface. I look on my Mac and I see where Apple's going, and I start going, you know, I wouldn't mind going back, getting my own Windows box again, starting using that, but I don't want to do the IT uh, and managing a corporate payload. So if you have your desktop in this space where I could just go, I can run my own Windows box, and then I just pull down the the, the enterprise payload when I need it and run it, um, that might work for me. And I see a shift in the industry moving back into this, you know, Surface-based, Intel, Windows-based computing environments, as much as I would like to say that Linux and Mac OS is still relevant, they are. Uh, but I also see the pendulum swinging back a little bit with regard to Windows 10 and where Microsoft is going. So I think, I think this becomes a viable solution for even some of us Silo, Silicon Valley creators out here, right? So... Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. Shifting gears for a little bit while we still have on have you on for another seven or eight minutes here. Um, when you go to conferences, right? You know, we as practitioners go. You as you know, enterprise sales, you know, leadership go. What are you trying to accomplish when you're meeting with customers at these events? Do you guys actually, you know, go to go to rooms and talk deals? What are people? What should they be getting out of these events when they're going to the events? We know we have, you know, obviously session training, but I always wondered from the executive who's going there to help customers engage with customers, what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's going to be a variety of, of meetings and, and uh, purposes behind them. Uh, very often it is a, it's, a, it's a forum for us to perhaps try to close that transaction, have an executive-to-executive connection, Particularly here in North America, you know, it, it's not uh, an event that your customer is likely to be sending 50 people to. Uh, more often right. than not, they're going to be sending their top three or four execs that really are relevant uh, to this market to go look at, at the technologies that are coming down the pipe and, and what, what's going to be meaningful for them. Uh, so on our side, again, uh, I'll be there supported by a great uh, a team of my leaders, uh, Smith Dewan, Jeff Mitchell, uh, Ian Evans, uh, Dave Grant, uh, really, uh, you know, the, the, the top folks across our BU will all be represented there. And I know that there's going to be some others from, from some of the other BUs that will also be participating. So it presents us a, a great forum for that to sit down with those customers, have a, a discussion about, about uh, their roadmap, where we're going, where some of these technologies are going. And hopefully, uh, you know, uh, put the final touches on, on perhaps what might be a, a large uh, transaction or expansion of our relationship. In other cases, we may be meeting with our, our customers uh, uh, that, that are earlier in some of those decisions. Uh, maybe they're not yet customers of ours. Um, again, the fact that you've got so many important people in the same room at the same time really presents a great opportunity. And I think uh, I've seen some statistics from the Mobile World Congress uh, uh, production committee that their attendance base is 49% director level of, or above, and about half of that number is really VP or C level executive. So again, this tends to be a very very senior audience, which affords us some some great opportunities to meet and, and discuss uh, the business relationship we have with them. 
Yeah, that's a that's a great answer. Uh, it, you know, sometimes we use Twitter just to allow us to follow people and see what their life is like. Because I don't live that life, so I was I, we're always curious. Like from practitioner perspective, when you guys go there, does your calendar just fill up with these type of meetings where you're meeting a customer and engaging with them, and then a, you have another meeting with a customer? And so in the IT practitioner space, we go to sessions and we do a, a presentation to 200 people, and that's how we engage. And it's a one to many. Uh, when you're going Going to these conferences and you're engaging, you're almost like in a mini, a one to one or one to ten kind of engagements where your calendar fills up with these type of engagements throughout the week. Yeah, it certainly can, and and you know by by the end of it, uh, in some of these events, you, you do eight, nine, ten hours sometimes of meetings that are almost nonstop, and uh, it, it can be a, a bit exhausting, but it's great conversation, and again, the efficiency here. That you get is is just unparalleled. To have to get on an airplane and go see all these customers would take weeks at best, and uh, and just coordinating all those calendars and schedules is, is impossible. So you've got to look for these opportunities where everybody is going to be in the same place at the same time. It is incredibly efficient from that perspective to hit so many of these meetings in in a short amount of time. I, I can see where that that's the case, and there's probably also industry to industry meetings where you know people are talking about strategies and alignment, whether it be acquisitions or whether it be just strategic agreements for for alignment between product lines. Uh, I can see where it's just a a bunch of stuff happens, and then uh, the IT practitioners go and do sessions and engage. So I think, if I heard this right, Mobile World Congress is upwards of eighty thousand people all you know hanging out in in one place uh, in in Spain during that week. Is that I, I don't know what the number actually looks like. I should Google that, but I know it's quite a bit larger than the VMworld space. It is indeed, yeah. They're actually uh, forecasting to be over 100,000 in, uh, uh, in attendance this year. So huge, huge show. And uh, to your earlier point, all of our partners are there. So it's, uh, again, a good opportunity for us to host joint meetings when we've got a mutual customer. Uh, the clients, our, our clients, love to see us coming together like that and, and really uh, presenting sort of a unified approach and how we're going to deploy technologies and make things work for them. Uh, the biggest of the big will all be there, um, and many of them have major product releases. So if uh, if you follow any of those uh, you know preview websites that talk about you know what's coming around the corner, uh, a lot of them are a buzz right now uh, about expected releases in Barcelona next week. Lots of speculation around what Samsung is going to do. They've had an interesting year, and they've been they've been hinting at some very very exciting technologies that they may be coming out with. Uh, so we'll all be watching for that next week. Yeah, it sounds exciting. You know, just getting back and saying mobile, mobile is just an interesting space continuously moving forward with, you know, all the different solutions and vendors that can come up with mobile stuff. So you should have a good time with that. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show. I know we're right up uh, next to, we got like a minute left of your calendar and I want to be conscious of your calendar. Um, do you, are you on Twitter? Are there places that people can go find out what you're doing? Probably not so much in that you're in the field, but I always ask our guests that. How do people stay attuned with what you're up to? Yeah, please uh, follow me at mrkevinkiley.com or mrkevinkiley. Uh, of course, we're also on, on SocialCast for those of you using it. Uh, please follow me in, in either place, and, and I will be posting regularly from Barcelona with a lot of these uh, announcements as things come out uh, and, and, and some of the events that we're going to be doing. I mentioned before, 
we'll be hosting uh, a happy hour and a couple of other events in the booth, and then there's some stuff going on outside of the show floor. So would love to connect with as many of you as possible uh, if anyone's going to be in attendance in Barcelona next week. I'm sure there will be uh, many of our listeners will be there. So that's at Mr. M.R. Kevin Kiley, K-E-V-I-N-K-I-L-E-Y. Uh, you can give him a follow and, uh, and and say hello to him if you happen to be, you know, at Mobile World Congress next week. So, Kevin, I appreciate you coming on the show and give us some, giving us some insight of what you're going to be doing there. Um, we're a fan of the mobile, especially as we see this trend and moving away from our Happy Max and into other components. We're 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 going to end up being there sooner or later. So, thanks a lot for uh, coming on the show and being part of Mobile World Congress this year. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks. All right, moving on. Uh, we will spend some time talking about what's been happening at VMware this week as well. We have Corey Romero on the call. I know that we, Corey, you announced uh, the VExperts program uh, award winners a couple weeks ago. I'm sure that's keeping you busy. Uh, how, how have you been? I've been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. VExpert is keeping me very busy. Uh, we got the welcome out email out this morning, which is fantastic. Uh, so that's in everyone's email, and we also spun up a, um, which is great. I really like doing this in the very beginning of the of the um, of the 2017 award announcement every year. Is we come out with a VMware presentation to the group. So we're uh, we've we've organized a VMware cloud on AWS on March 15th for V experts. Um, so all the details and invite information are in your email box. So you should have that, and uh, we'll see you on the call. Who is who is uh, giving the call? So it's uh, it's provided it's it's by VMware, um, and okay. the names it, it is Adam uh, Adam Osterholt and Paul Gifford. They're nice. both uh, staff systems engineers at VMware, and they're both their focus is on VMware Cloud, specifically on AWS. And they're going to be taking you through what does it mean to run vSphere on AWS and the entire ecosystem there. That's their that's their pitch. Is what are they building? Yeah, their pitch is it, it, they're, they're doing a highly technical overview of kind of how the whole, the whole concept works, um, how to get started. I, this is all just I'm just assuming what they're going to talk about. Um, I haven't seen what they're actually going to talk about yet, um, but they're going to talk about. Uh, you know, scalability of the service. They're talking about the footprint of the service. You know, the footprint of city on AWS. Um, session provide technical overview um, on the entire VMware cloud service running on uh, AWS. So I know that uh, some of our listeners aren't the experts. Uh, to be a the expert, you have to be a kind of an evangelist in the market, and you have to be out there. You know doing stuff. I know at cloudcredibility.com, um, Noel runs a VExpert badge. If you go do the VExpert task in that, you're most likely going to get a VExpert award. Uh, the tasks are, you know, write a book, do some other stuff, um, lead a VMUG, get out there, write a paper, do a blog. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff there. So the people that aren't a VExpert, you know, it's not that hard to become a VExpert, but you have to, you know, you have to put the time in. So, but then you yeah, do this kind of stuff. Right, it's it's the it's the commitment. It's it, it's committing to it and, and and being consistent in the community and, and and just giving giving your information back into the community is really what it's about. The tasks over on CloudCred. So we reorged some of the tasks over there. I really like the way that we did the tasks, and the tasks are um, are, are kind of staged on how do we become a fee expert. And I think the final task is go apply. Right. 
Right, of course. Right. Yeah. I know that I know that we had maybe thirty percent of the applicants this year, some larger number didn't get approved to, to be a expert. So we do we do have voting and we do look at what you've done throughout the year, right? Uh, and it's not guaranteed that you're gonna be a expert in a in the following year. We do we do, do a drill down on all the existing experts to make sure they're right. still contributing and engaging. I know that uh, we did, you know, the standard yearly fire drill on getting licenses. Do you wanna talk a minute about licenses? Yeah, sure. So we uh, we went out and got licenses this year. Um, I made the mistake last year of, of being proactive and getting the licenses right away for 365 days. So <laughs> after we kicked off the program last year, it gave like a four-day cushion uh, to get licenses. So I was really on my toes to get licenses for everyone this year. So the licenses so, so we ended up getting for, for the experts um, for, for, other for 400, 400 days. They're evals of our entire product suite. Um, so that the experts can go out and they can build their home labs uh, and run and test and review our software. Right. Okay. So did it ever dawn on you to maybe do like a two-year license? Uh, it did, but uh, it's it's a little harder to get a two-year license out of uh, revenue approvals versus a one-year for a one-year program. That would, That's the only challenge. Um, we were able to squeeze it to 400. Oh, did you get it to 400 this year? Yeah, yeah, we got it to 400 this year. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So yeah. that way, yeah. you know, we're not right up against the wire every time we do re, you know, re-awarding. Everybody's licenses are failing, and people right. are trying to, you know, <laughs> people are trying to start yeah. VMs, and it's says, sorry, your license is expired. You know, vSphere runs will continue to stay up. Your VMs will continue to stay up, but if you try to do anything with your VMs, like power them off, power them on, do any yeah. kind of maintenance to your VMs, then you get the sorry, mm, the license yeah. Nothing's right. happening. So we got a lot of we got fifteen hundred V experts that call us going, Hey, I need better li- where's my licenses? My lab at home won't do things. So that's right. good that we got four hundred now. That's that's nice. And you know, we do we do, do that. Yeah. Fifteen hundred licenses go out to everybody and you know, that's that's the work we do for everybody. It's good. Um Yeah, all the licenses are there are there now and uh it's fantastic. I think there's maybe fifteen different products there. Fifteen plus. When's, when's the new V when's when's the new V expert Management app going to go live. The new uh, we're shooting for uh, we're shooting for May. Uh, we had a meeting yesterday. We discussed uh, so so just just so everyone's aware of what we're talking about. We're talking about so we're building a V expert portal, um, and what it's for is for V experts to go and apply. So the idea is for a V expert to come to the portal, apply for the for the for the program. Whether you get the program or not, the application is saved under your own user account. So next time you log in. You can just simply update your information. Once you're approved to become a V-Expert, you're now a part of the program, and it's going to be really easy for admins, uh, you know, us on the team, going, hey, we have an event here, an opportunity for a V-Expert. Would you like to be involved? And it's real, it's simple. V-Experts just have to go into the portal, click a button. I want to apply for this. We have all of your data. We'll have all of your, your T-shirt size, your address, your all of your information. So it'll be very easy for the different BUs and partners um, to gain access into audiences inside of the VExpert program. Um, so it's going to be a very, very useful to, tool to manage your own data as well, and then for VMware to manage our data, and then for um, different BUs to work with segmenting groups of VExpert as well. So I'm right, because right up until now, this is all a manual process in a spreadsheet, right, that we keep yes. track of everything. 
Right. So finally, finally moving to a, a web app that we've custom written that you and several of the people on the team have worked on. And so we're all looking forward to that. And that's going to be out sometime in May. Yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Um, well, thanks, Corey. Thanks for the update. I will Absolutely. now mention a couple other news items that are happening. Um, Tim Bonneman, uh, our community manager for VMware Code, has been up up at the Open IoT Summit this week. So if you haven't been following along what Tim's been doing, you can follow at VMware Code. And he's been tweeting out for, at the Open IoT Summit, uh, Internet of Things Summit, where you know we are present, have a booth there, and we're talking about some of the IoT stuff that we're working on. So shout out to Tim Bonneman for doing that work, being up, I think it's in Seattle. Um, Portland, Portland, sorry. Sorry to my friends in Portland. He's up in Portland doing that work, and I appreciate you being up there. Another thing that's been happening this week is the healthcare conference. So all the VMware ecosystem people that are out at HIMSS, uh, that's what they call it. Um, thanks for being out in Orlando. That's happening this week. This is the week of February 22nd. So if you want to follow that on Twitter, it's hashtag HIMSS. 17. So we've been we've got a big presence at uh, HIMSS this year. Uh, we're targeting the healthcare market with solutions targeted at them. We're doing more and more solution selling. So uh, you want to follow along with what VMware's doing at HIMSS? It's hashtag #HIMSS17. And then of course next week is Mobile World Congress. We'll be you know we'll be there. We'll be tweeting. Uh, we'll be accessing, you know, accessorizing our messaging out. Uh, Tommy Berry is with me here. Um, so we're looking forward to Mobile World Congress. We've got a lot of people out there. And then uh, final thing in the news, we've got Tom Korn uh, did RSA last week, did a great session on security. And, you know, I'm not a big security nut, right, uh, Corey? I don't, I, don't, I don't like security. I don't even lock my doors at home. So anybody that wants to rob my house, I live in 600 Greer Road, Palo Alto, California. Just swing on by. Got a lot of cool stuff in there. You know, it's you know, it's it's. I got a dog, so be careful. But other than that, I'm not a big security security nut, as you can imagine. But I listened to Tom Corn's uh, online presentation. I think they're we're posting it today. I've seen it. It actually makes a lot of sense when you start talking about securing your virtual environment and having some general security. And another friend of mine last week, so this is like the third week in a row now that friends of mine that are in IT admin, uh, administering solutions have had security problems. Uh, another friend of mine also was hacked, had to bring his three different sites down, spend four days with network solutions, you know, putting the together a security plan uh, they did basically took all of his you know all of his server access down because he was hacked from somebody from Russia you know didn't have the right security in place and the next thing you know you know they're network blocking him and you know he's got he's got servers down so I'm realizing that security is one of these you know things that you're going to have to do now and so Tom Korn has a great presentation on it uh, what you can do what our strategy is and what our long-term vision is on security so go look for that he's uh, at the real Tom Korn and we have I think a security playlist out on uh, YouTube that we published his session at RSA on so go take a look at that that's worth catching uh, he's a great speaker really like the guy pretty fun to be around I think that's all I've got with regards to news 
this week. I know we have another guest next week that we're going to be talking to. And i got to also shout out to Alan Renouf. Uh, Alan, if you're listening to your car, I hope the audio is better. We all now have headphones. We're sitting in our little studio with headphones so that we get no crossback echoing. Uh, microphones are close to us now, so hopefully the audio has improved. And we are going to continue to make improvements of the audio. So our 2017 goals are to have a podcast every week as well as to improve the quality of the, the podcast as well. Corey, I don't know if you can tell a difference. I know that I'll shout out to ton, Tony. Um, Mr. Wonder Nerd there says that the audio did sound better. So hopefully. Yeah, it we'll... sounds a lot better. Yeah, yeah, big improvement. Yeah. Oh, let's see. I'm looking at the chat window as long as we're here. Uh, anything? I don't see anything that's worthy. All of you guys are just chatting amongst yourselves, which is good. Anything else anybody wants to add that's on the call here before we uh, we end? We're only at 42 minutes, but uh, our guest could only do the first half an hour, and another one of our guests had canceled. We actually had three guests for Mobile World Congress, and I think they're all just, you know, doing their thing. So any other elements, I think we're good to go. So what you get back is an extra 17 minutes of your commute if you're listening to iTunes that you, you know, will have to endure without our, uh, us, you know, saying hello to you. Corey, I hope uh, I hope the rest of your week goes well. I hope you you're up that you're out there closer to the mountains. Um I hope that uh, you don't flood. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> All right. I'm going to hit the big red uh, stop button now. Going one. Sounds great. Well, actually, actually, this is Tommy. So, All right, Tommy, I'll give you the microphone. There we go. Audio will sound better. There we go. So we're still working on getting a guest for next week. I know we've been pretty spoiled the last month or month and a half with some really great uh, VMware guests talking about some uh, really cool technologies and things you guys want to hear about. Actually, I have somebody for next week oh, okay. uh, that I just didn't put on the calendar. So okay. We have, uh, I don't remember who it is, but we do have, uh, I think, two guests coming up that uh, have expressed interest in coming and presenting you nice. know, releases of vSphere software for something. Very cool. Well, on that note, I did reach out to the community a few weeks ago just asking if there was anyone who wanted to join us and be a guest. And um, I got a ton of responses. So thank you for everyone who did respond and reached um, out to me. We will get you on the schedule this year. Um, it would be great to get some non-VMware people on the show, maybe talk about some cool uh, products or technologies or uh, projects that they're working on. So continue to reach out to me on Twitter or tweet at VMware, and we will get you on the schedule. I know that I saw a thread uh, about uh, some new, um, new. I want to say slings, but it's not slings. Swings, slings, flings. There we go. I know there's a new couple new flings out. I'd like to get the fling people on. Uh, so if you have ideas, you can tweet me at Eric and I Pro, E-R-I-C and I Pro. Uh, if you're interested in me pulling some guests in, we're going to start pulling out our guests for uh, April now. So uh, if you have ideas, uh, let me know, and we'll reach out to people inside of VMware and get them on the show. So we've we've become popular again inside of VMware. So good news. Sling, swings, wings, it's something. Yep. 
All right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end the call. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for helping me keep guests on every week, and thanks for doing all the outbound social. So yep. good for that. 